Hi, I'm John Boytnot. On today's episode, we're going to talk about networking with reporters like me, the benefits of talking to people and galvanizing them, and also the benefits of starting a gratitude journal. Let's go. This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have John Boytnot. He writes for Inc., Entrepreneur, and Business Insider. He is a journalist and digital strategist who has worked at TV, print, radio, and internet companies for over 23 years. He's an advisor at StartupGrind.com and has also written for Fortune, NBC, Fast Company, USA Today, and VentureBeat. John, how is your day going? Oh, really good. Uh, John, how are you? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um, before we get into the hard, heavy-hitting questions, I have to start the podcast off the same way I do every single time, and that is with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. You're in San Francisco, so hopefully this is a, a very eclectic answer, but where would you go to eat, and what would you order in order to make your day complete? Oh, what's my budget? <laughs> is the best day ever so unlimited so now i'm a rich mrf or um i would go to probably like a good italian place that has amazing carbs like you know like pizza and and, and all that you know nice. that's what so you're ordering like pizza great. pasta bread mm -hmm. nice. uh yeah and then ice cream at the end of it or cookies or something like that yeah and <laughs> because it's a perfect day i wouldn't gain any weight and i wouldn't feel bloated at all <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Well, as, well, as you get older, John, you'll find that you can't eat something without, you know, you have to like dramatically curb the, the, the amount that you're getting. So you have smaller, smaller portions, right? The portion sizes go down. And then also uh, you can't mix things that well. See, like mm. when you're in a 20-something body, you can have meat with eggs, with veggies, with bread, with uh, milk, with with all the all the major gluten, all the major like triggers for people's digestive systems, you can have them all at once. If most young people can, or a lot of young people can, and uh, you're just fine. You get through it, and you, it all passes through okay. But um, as you get older, all that stuff starts to just sort of pull back a little. You can't do it as much, so you're gonna adjust and change. But yeah. So see, I live in the philosophy that um, calories don't count on weekends. So oh, yeah, you know, I I, I think I'm uh, a proponent of that as well not just for weeks but for other days too for, for life <laughs> yeah well john the first real question is tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself who are you and what is your story uh, my name is john boytnot i'm a longtime journalist in the state of california and i've worked in southern california northern california i've worked for radio tv um newspapers magazines and I didn't get to the internet till like, well, I mean, I was always on the internet ever since the internet became the internet, but I didn't start working the internet till like 2006 when I worked at NBC in San Jose. They needed, um, around 2006, 2007, they needed a, a digital web editor. They had a team of like three or four. It was pretty forward thinking, although it didn't pay that much. Um, but I got that job and uh, started writing, did a lot of writing for newscasts on TV. I was primarily working at TV ever since like 1995 and 1994 even. Um, and anyway, by then, by 2006, I started working as a, as a digital uh, you know, team member for the TV station, wrote stories, got online. It was very important to get page views, so I worked social media and won some awards with NBC for actually delivering page views to uh, a lot of the news stories that we were covering uh, using methods like 
uh, getting it on Drudge Report and Dig and and uh, Huffington Post and uh, Reddit and those types of places stumble upon. So using social media and social outreach and like getting a lot of page views. From there, I ended up working for Village Voice, uh, USA Today, VentureBeat. Uh, had my own company a couple different times, uh, advising people. Uh, worked for a couple different startups and worked for a couple different agencies. And now for the last three, four years, I've been writing for Inc., Entrepreneur, Business Insider, and a few other. Uh, sometimes fast company, sometimes fortune. So yeah, that's what's going on with me now. That's what I'm doing. So you are very <laughs> widely respected in the game of journalism. What initially got you involved in journalism and why are you still passionate about it today? I always knew that I wanted to be a journalist from the time I was a little kid. Like I was 11 years old and I was playing at the local uh, park and rec place and we were playing basketball and stuff. And little did I know that they wanted to maybe shut down our park and rec center or whatever. I forget uh, exactly what the, the story angle was there. But so a TV reporter showed up like and I, it was one my, my favorite female news anchor from Channel for the MB, big NBC station in San Francisco in the 1980s. And she's this Asian-American uh, television reporter, anchor, uh, Emerald Ye was her name. Her name is Emerald Ye. And she's just beautiful and everything. And I'm like this little kid and I'm kind of in love with her. And I, you know, I don't even dream that I'll ever see her in real life. And suddenly she's walking down the street with a cameraman and I'm like an 11 year old with my other 11 year old friends or some teenagers and stuff. I was like the young one, one of the young ones in the group and we're playing basketball and she interviews us and, and they, and her cameraman takes video of us as we're playing basketball. And it was just like, oh my God. And I and it was just like so excited. And I said, man, if I'd known you were gonna come, I would have like combed my hair or worn a nicer shirt. And she like laughed and she like messed up my hair, you know, like she it was it was like wow. So I knew from that that moment I was like, oh, and I knew I was like, that's what I wanna do with my life. I wanna be a journalist. I wanna tell stories like this that get out to people and be a part of people's living rooms, you know? And uh that dream kind of ended up going a little bit by the wayside by the time I was 30, but I did end up being a TV reporter in Santa Barbara for a couple of years. Um, and so I did get that dream and achieve that dream, but I ended up moving to the Bay Area because where I, where I lived in Santa Barbara, I wasn't making enough and I went back to the Bay Area where I'm from and I live in San Francisco now uh, because it pays more and various other reasons, but that's, that's, you, you gotta be able to live in this world. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you You've written, uh, I'm sure, about uh, numerous topics, in particular your passion is business. So what is it about the business world that excites you to, to write about? Um, I mean, just the general inspiration that um, figuring out, I mean, figuring out how to make money in the world. You know, I mean, that's kind of like a big uh, thing that people are obsessed with. If you, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, or it's not, I don't necessarily think that that's the reason why you should want to do it but if you take a look at like shows like shark tank or i write for entrepreneur so um entrepreneur has this show called elevator pitch that they do once a week and it's a 15 minute show and you basically get 60 seconds in an elevator on camera with a boardroom of four investors and you get to do your elevator pitch if they like your elevator pitch they bring you up if they don't like it they send you down so but one of the one of the key investors in that little group says i'm excited to try and see how we can make some money today like he says that a lot it's like it's 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 fun if you um and so it's inspiring and so it's goal setting and it's it's um to me that's one of the most inspirational things about it it's like how do people in life find a way to be engaged and happy and interested and doing something that they like 
Um, and it's not necessarily just about the money, right? It's about helping people or changing the way society runs, changing the world, helping people in underprivileged areas. One of the main things that I write about for Inc. Uh, is stories about entrepreneurs who are helping out underserved communities all over the world. So that's one of the things that I like to write about because it makes me feel great about trying to make money in the world because you're also trying to help people too. I mean, capitalism is our is our is the is you know one of the primary ways that our society is structured. We have a capitalist system, so um, it's cool to see people who are trying to make that better, who are trying to make it work, and who are just trying to make money. Period, and who are inspiring, and who are excited about getting up and going and working each morning. Right? I mean, ultimately, that's what a person wants to have. It's just being excited about getting up in the morning, and so that that's what interests me. So you've, um, it's safe to say you've interviewed a lot of people and I'm sure most of them are widely successful. Have you found a consistent theme between people who are successful, um, to the people who may be on the path of getting there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that perhaps the key thing, you'll hear this from a lot of people, but it definitely just bears repeating. I, I think one of the key things is just getting back up after you fall down. Like the whole idea that that success is is just made up of a lot of failures, or the whole idea that you know failure is just another step on the way to success. It's it's all true, you know. Um, sure, failure is awful and it doesn't feel that great, but uh, it's definitely sort of a badge on your lapel or whatever to have started a startup and not gotten anywhere, not gotten the 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 funding that you need, not been able to get the funding that you need, not been able to produce a product that people were really all that into, that really ever hit home with anyone. And eventually you sort of switch and you move to someplace else. But those sort of war stories or those sort of uh, experiences that you have are, are a part of you and they're meaningful to you and they represent different times in your life. And so anyway, to answer your question, just the, the main thing is, the, the, the thing that sort of connects all the people who have had great success, I think, in life are they had a mental attitude where they just kept going and the failures that happened didn't knock them out. There's, so if anyone's watching this, you're, just go look up Rocky Five speech. There's, there's this, you know, the Rocky movie, or not, it wasn't Rocky Five. It was, it was like Rocky Six or whatever, but it wasn't called Rocky Six. It was out like five, ten years ago. Not the most recent one, but the one before that. Um, in which he gives his son a lecture and he basically says it's not about uh, it's about how you do it's about how you get back up after having been knocked out like that that's what it's all about and the way that that is written and the way that Sylvester Stallone delivers it is really good and it's on YouTube and it's pretty famous it has millions of views that's that's the essence of it right there that's it right there. You just keep going um, and you learn from what's happened before yeah very true yeah. well stated the um... You, you mentioned your one of your core passions is writing about um, underprivileged or underserviced communities. Is there a particular reason why you decided to um, you know, write more about that aspect of, of life and business? Um, I think there's definitely sort of an underserved market for good news. So that's number one. I mean, Amen to that. <laughs> I, yeah, right. Well, I did this one story on you know, San Francisco is like really world renowned for being beautiful, but it's also world renowned for having a tremendous homeless problem. Um, we basically have like six to 10,000 people every night in the streets doing everything from just lying down trying to sleep to trying to get money out of people passing by in cars so they're at intersections to just hanging out and doing drugs, you know, all the stuff that different homeless people do. 
Some are families, some are 68-year-old Vietnam veterans, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so there's a lot of homeless people. So I did a story on this one guy who's doing YouTube videos with different homeless people in the hopes that their families or whoever see those videos so that those family members who haven't seen the homeless person in like 20, 25 years, the long lost family member, can, have, can send a bus ticket for them to go back to Idaho or wherever it is. And um, it's a pretty successful local nonprofit program and it ended up getting at the top of the San Francisco subreddit on Reddit and, uh, you know, got tens of thousands of views, kind of went viral. A lot of people saw it, appreciated it. And that that nonprofit is doing really well. And it's helping homeless people like it's there's just like such a win win for all the people involved. And, you know, so that, that's like a meaningful thing. I mean, that's sort of a perfect storm of how great it can be. Sometimes you write a story and and uh, it's about someone who's helping people and it doesn't pick up that traction. But. The traction isn't the point. The point is actually just getting the word out there and uplifting them so that their experience in the world isn't that they are being ignored, that they are powerless. Their experience of the world is different than that. Their experience is they are not being ignored. People are seeing them, people are reading about them, and they have some level of power that people know what's going on with them, and they can show them this article that was written about them on Inc., or whatever the case may be. So that's why I do it, really to help those people to uplift them so that they feel better about their lives, which is really all anybody wants. Totally, hundred uh, percent on the same page with you there. Um, I think what I'm hearing is creative storytelling. It's all about the a good story, the feel good story. How can feel good stories translate into profitability? How can it translate to business? I, I feel as if that I've interviewed tons, uh, over a hundred entrepreneurs now, and a lot of them are like, you know, I, I, I want that, that ink article written about me. I, I just need that one little thing to put me over the edge. And sometimes when you get there, it doesn't always happen. So what is the, um, you know, what are some, some stories or, or some case studies uh, on how to get into these platforms and write articles? And what should those articles be about? Yeah, sure. So I would... The number one thing I would recommend is uh, networking. So Inc., Entrepreneur, some of these other online publications, I'm of course gonna mention those two because I write for them, both solid, really good. Um, they all have uh, conferences. They all have events. They have them in different cities. They have them in Nashville, they have them in Orange County, they have them in different places you wouldn't expect. And so, in other words, they're trying to make sure that the the different regions of the U.S. can kind of get hooked into their ecosystem. I mean, if you go to either any of these sites, you see the fantastic journalism and the great stories that are on these sites, the good videos, the, you know, there's just good stuff on these sites. So really, it's there for the taking. What I'm saying is if you go and you network at the events put on by these folks, um, you can actually meet some of the people who write for these places and get one-on-one -on -one time and actually like learn from them directly like what are you what are you not doing that could put you over the top towards helping you uh, get get a story written about you on ink or whatever if you want to write as a contributor for ink that's totally a possibility too you just have to basically meet uh, at, at, at their conferences or at other um, conferences around the country or networking events around the country you have to meet um, people who might be able to get you connected to that I mean I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it is who you know right um, who you know, and also your background is important too. Um, you know, to what extent do you have writing experience? To what extent do you have a story that sort of allows you to create content that editors at a publication might be interested in? 
Um, it also is a good idea to not just necessarily completely go to ink right away, expecting and hoping that that is someplace that you will be able to start writing for. By all means, try. Don't stop. But you might want to try other publications that are sort of more mid-tier, that aren't really that high level. There's a lot of different good tech publications out there. Tech.co comes to mind. If you want to actually write about things on a regular basis, go to play, go to go to different go to South by Southwest, go to different parties, go to other big conferences like CES. Um, there's literally dozens of, of others. There's like affiliate marketing summit. There's there's a PubCon. There's like some of them are in Vegas, some are in New York, some are in Austin. You know, so there's a lot of different conferences. Have yourself a little bit of a travel budget to be able to go to different conferences where you know there will be people who are doing the thing that you want to tap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, very so that's, that's well said. Well said. How often? I'm always curious because I, I'm sure you get a ton of emails every single day pitching you ideas. To put it to scale, how often are you pitched on a daily basis? Uh, Thirty to fifty times. So there's a good conference that just happened in Vegas called Money 2020. Just ended in Vegas. Um, it's a, sort of a financial tech, a fintech conference. I mean, there's probably some people watching this podcast who do something fintech related. Well, if you aren't going to Money 2020, you're missing out on the biggest conference of the year. And you know, so much business is done in between the panels or during the panels when you're outside talking to other business owners. And you're you're uh, so much business is done at that conference that you can't miss a conference like that. So again, I'll just repeat: like one of the number one things you need to do is find like the conferences that are key for your vertical or whatever, and go to them. And you'll eventually meet the right people. Just at, be a networker, um, talk to people, and you'll find your way to to possibly writers, et cetera, and different publications. What was your question again? I'm sorry. Well, no, you, you kind of answered it. Um, the question was just like how many times do you get pitched a day? Because my my follow up question is. A lot of people think that if they send an email and it's going to get to your to your inbox that you're you're going to be like, you know what, this is a great story. Um, yeah. I, I think that, that you should write about it. But the fact of the matter is that you get pitched 30 to 50 times a day and you have to make sure that you're sifting through the quality ones versus the not so quality ones. Um, yeah, yeah. And, the, and to answer to also mention something an insight from the money 2020 thing is that during that conference. Uh, it, that conference is such a big deal that like I ended up on, I didn't actually end up going and covering it this time around, but I was still on the list of reporters who was, who were going to be there. So I basically got all the emails from people at that conference every, or who are going to be at that conference every day in the months leading up. And I mean like for four or five weeks beforehand, I was getting an additional 20 emails a day from people who were going to be at money 2020 and wanted to talk, talk to me, buy me coffee, buy me lunch, da, da, da. And that's, uh, that's great, but I wasn't going to be there. So the vast majority of the emails I just ignored. It's a situation where you know you got your inbox, and email is a notorious pain point for most everyone who has to deal with email, and that's everybody. There's just so much that comes through it, and it's always much more I found than I ever have the bandwidth to deal with. So, um, so yeah, that that's extraordinarily difficult, and email is just a really tough way to get your story in the beginning especially to a journalist they don't have the time to really look they're faced with an inundation of of the you know basically i have an inbox that's just for those things and i can only go to that inbox a couple times a day and that's really the way it is for most reporters they just don't have and when you when you do have the chance to go through that inbox that's just those pitches um 
like a, a company like Cision has basically gotten a hold of that email and they're just allowing people to sort of flood that. And that's fine. But the understanding is and should be that the reporter or whoever doesn't really have the time to take a look at most of the stuff there and can only barely briefly get to like the first few sentences. So whatever pitch you send, I still recommend get to the point right away, get to the to the, you know, the the ask pretty quickly um, and maybe have some more information after with links or whatever to more information. But and that's just and that's the other thing is that advice doesn't work for every reporter, too. Some reporters spend more time. Me, I find I can only allot like a half an hour, a couple times a day to that inbox. That's fair. That's uh, that's that's extremely fair. And a lot of that is responding to people who you have a thread going with there. So <laughs> you're dealing with that, and then there's not much time to take a look at new stuff, especially since there's so much new stuff. Mm, okay. Well, then in that same breath, um, do you find like social media being a good a good outlet for things like that? Social media can be good. Uh, it's it's good to get people's attention on Twitter. Some reporters are very active on Twitter. Some journalists are very active on Twitter or um, whatever else there is. I mean, Twitter's the one I kind of pay attention to the most. I feel like that's the one that most uh, journalists use a little bit more often. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good way. I think a lot of it really comes down to actually forming a personal like connection with people that you would want to be talking to, reporters that you want to be talking to. So that would mean going to TechCrunch Disrupt or going to any of the conferences put on by a publication that you have a vested interest in and actually like trying to get to know uh, the writers there, like going to a party. A lot of uh, networking is done at the parties around conferences, right? So being prepared to do that, being prepared to really put in long days at things like conferences or events of that nature because that's going to earn you the social connections and the social capital um, over a long period of time, right? It just doesn't happen all of a sudden. I always find that journalists um, have this like alter ego, so to speak, this like bright side of writing. And then some of them even have this like dark side of, of, of writing as well. So I'm curious to hear your answer about this, but is there anyone that you would like to meet in order to propel your writing, your business, whatever it may be, and who would it be and why? So there's some really galvanizing personalities out there, right? Um, to the extent that, like Tony Robbins, me and you talked before the show a little bit about him, like he's really sort of, ga like you walk away inspired from having talked to him because there's so much energy, there's so much sort of knowledge and wisdom that's all wrapped up into one little package, and um, one big package in that case, and it's inspiring. It makes you um, and I and I've noticed that there are a couple people who I work with regularly who inspire me that way because of the the way they talk, the way they think, their motivation. They're keeping their eyes on the prize. Any little speed bumps that happen, blips on the radar or whatever that happen that could derail other people. It doesn't even begin to derail them. They just keep going. And so that type of inspiration is someone you want to work around. You want to know. And so I mean, the perfect example is someone like Tony Robbins, right? Like he is constantly motivated, motivated. he's constantly w looking to bring in more positivity to whatever it is that he's working on and whoever he's working with. So he ends up being this sort of inspirational galvanizing force for anyone who knows him. So that's kind of what I'm going for, right? I mean, ultimately you wanna live a meaningful life, you wanna be happy, healthy, 
you want to uh, feel fulfilled in your business and you want to be successful at your business. And so you want to work with people who inspire you to do that. And so you will know the, these person, you will know these personalities and these people by their actions and their words. Like if they are down, if they're complaining, if they're gossiping, if they're da da da. You don't. You don't need. You don't need that. Go around that and go find the more Tony Robbins esque type. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that that will help to light your fire and keep you going. Totally agree. Now, I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit less about business and more about who you are as a person. Habits, something that are very critical to a successful um, individual, especially with the likes of Tony Robbins. He is like super focused on his process. So what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? Yeah. Um, so some habits, uh, having a schedule and sticking to it and being kind of uh, similar about every single day, like sort of keeping, so like if in the morning I, I get up at eight, eight thirty ish or seven, seven thirty or or eight, whatever it is, um, I know that there's some things that I want to do like some maybe small meditation practice or some some small exercising that goes on and that could take the form of walking around the block or that could take the form of like jumping on a mini trampoline which Tony Robbins does um, and I actually bought one at $30 on Amazon and just jump up and down it's really good for the lymphatic system like all exercises pretty much so um, having a routine and more or less sticking to it and not getting mad at yourself and not condemning yourself and self-criticizing if you don't quite stick to it the way you should. Like this morning, I drank water and worked for like, you know, a half an hour before I actually had breakfast. And I think that's just fine, as long as you don't overdo it, you know? And as long as you don't immediately start working right away. But, um, so yeah, habits, sticking to a routine more or less, uh, having a positive mental attitude, maybe writing in a gratitude journal, that's something that a lot of people talk about being very helpful because if you sort of keep on paying attention to the mental vibration of gratitude, then sort of the things that you're unhappy about kind of start to fall away a little bit. Like it's, and it's pretty easy too. you just are thankful for this person at work who's helping you. You're thankful for your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or whatever. You're thankful for um, the teachers at your kid's school. You're thankful for um, having the house that you have or whatever it is. There's so many things that you are thankful for. And if you every day stay in the vibration of positivity around what you have and what you're thankful for, then that's going to infect everything in a good way. Just like negative thoughts are going to infect everything in, a, in, in the way that they infect everything. So it's up to you. Like what you think about and how you think about it is your choice when it comes down to it. No one can actually make you think about things in a certain way. You are the one who has the pilot. You're the one who has the, the steering wheel on that. So I would say positive attitude is another good habit to get into. Also just taking breaks. Uh, taking breaks every 30 minutes. In my case, every 25 minutes, I take a five-minute break or a 10-minute or a 15-minute break. There is a little bit of productivity loss sometimes, I think, but I need to take those breaks. I need to go on a walk. I need to go on an errand. I need to get the mail. I need to just lie down and do nothing. I need to relax. I need to breathe. I need to meditate, whatever it is. I need to listen to the radio. But yeah, get away from work. Have breaks. And I feel like that actually lets you be more productive for longer Mm. if you do breaks in the middle yeah well said uh, great pieces of advice definitely uh the people that are listening right now that those are words of wisdom from a true professional that has lived the the test of time uh and and understands entrepreneurship and business and things like that um i, I have a, just a, one final question 
And um, this podcast, The Blind Entrepreneur, was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They cannot see the obvious. So to those individuals that are stuck in that headspace, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, so we've all been there. We've all not known what uh, the future holds. We've all been at a spot where we are unhappy with what we're currently doing. So it's it's definitely good to sit down and write down pros and cons of different possibilities. So one thing I would say is figure out what do you want to do with your life. So if you've gotten to a certain point where you aren't happy with anything that you're currently doing and you feel like lost, um, think back to when you were younger, what you dreamed about doing. I would, I would, st- I mean, look, if you're already having difficulty achieving the thing that you maybe are realizing you didn't want that much, how you probably do just as well or even better with the thing that you actually really do want. So think about what you really want to do, write those down and, and start to set about going and achieving those things. Um, and usually you can do that by breaking down a big long-term goal into lots of smaller term, smaller term goals, achieving those slowly over a long period of time and not expecting yourself to get things uh, overnight. And also not criticizing yourself if you don't get things right away. Maybe you do need to still continue to go in the direction you're going even if you feel lost at it right now. Um, one thing that I always say to people who currently working for a company and they want to start their own entrepreneurial entrepreneurial venture um make sure to not just suddenly jump ship on the job that you have now no matter how lousy it is no matter how much you hate it because you need to lay the groundwork you need for like side hustle yourself before you kind of turn that side hustle into excuse me an actual like uh, entrepreneurial venture so there's a there's a lot that i can go into in different um aspects of all of that but i'll just sort of leave it at that for now if you want to uh, well, you, you wanted three pieces of advice so um Think about what you really want to do. Um, write it down. Write the pros and cons of that. Actually, um, go and start doing the things that would set you down that path um, while not uh, deleting what you're currently doing, if that's appropriate. So those are some ideas. <laughs> Very good. Well, John, thank you so much for your time today. It, it really means a lot. You have successfully completed the podcast, so congratulations to you, sir. The next 30 seconds is all completely yours. Um, go ahead and tell everybody how they can learn more about you, how they could be a part of your journey, and potentially um, you know, become a customer or uh, maybe pitch a story, whatever it may be, if you so choose. Yeah, sure. Um, so on Twitter, I'm at J-B-O-I-T-N-O-T-T, Boitnot. That's how you pronounce that last name. Um, you can get to me uh, that way. You can also find some of the things that I've written about uh, on Inc. and Entrepreneur. Usually you just go inc.com slash author slash John dash Boydnot. You do the same thing, same thing with Entrepreneur. Um, and you can find any of the stuff I've written about by just doing a simple Google search. Um, I'm, my next conference I'm going to be at is Salesforce's Dreamforce in San Francisco if you want to try and connect with me there. Um, so those are the, that's the best way to, to communicate with me. (laughs) Good stuff. Stick to Twitter. Twitter is probably the, is always much easier, uh, to communicate. And when, when you interact with somebody on Twitter, make it a conversation and get to know them over a long period of time and don't always be critical. 
uh, of whatever you see. Just spark a conversation and talk. Um, and eventually, once you get to know somebody, you can and you're DM'd. You can DM with them because they followed you back. Um, then you can you can pitch them that way on Twitter. That's that's a way a different channel that works maybe a little better sometimes. Good stuff. Well, don't everybody that's listening right now, don't go all bombard John with a whole bunch of tweets and a whole bunch of messages that that would not be a good look. Um, but to everybody <laughs> that is still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to the blindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope after listening to the wisdom of John today, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.